Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Welcome to church. Anybody excited to be in the house of God this morning? Come on, let me hear you. Welcome to all of our locations throughout New Zealand, everybody in the far north in Whangarei, in Auckland this morning. Hey, big ups for Auckland. Come on, give them a big welcome to the service, everybody. Love you. And newest location, Hamilton, Palmerston North, Carpety Coast, Whanganui, Wellington, Hutt Valley, Christchurch, Rolleston, Dunedin, everywhere I forgot, Masterton. We love you all. Big welcome online, all of our online family. Can't forget about you, we love you. A big welcome to the service this morning, and man, I'm so fired up. It is week two of our Chaching series, and we're dealing with everything to do with our personal finances. If you missed week week one, I don't think I've had a message ever that I've had so much feedback about, honestly, all week. My Instagram's been blowing up, people just saying how much it meant to them. So if you missed last week, please do me a favor. We talked about the truth about money. Go on YouTube, go on our podcast, just search Arise Church, and make sure that you check out last week's message because these five weeks, I promise you, are going to change lives. I truly believe that in 10 years' time, so many people's financial lives are not going to be a little bit different, but radically different. Let me prophesy, in 10 years, you're gonna own your own home. In 10 years, you're gonna be free from debt. In 10 years, you're gonna be dreaming about leaving a legacy for those that come after you. This series is gonna change your life. Come on, if you believe that, every location, even online in your bedroom, put your hands together. Let's get excited. And this Sunday, this Sunday is going to set people free. I am so fired up to preach you today. I'm really, really passionate. I want to apologize in advance because I know this topic is literally going to speak straight to thousands of people that are hearing this talk this morning. I really believe this is going to be a life-changing day for so, so many people. And if I at any stage appear to be passionate, fired up, slash angry, I just want you to know, I am not mad at you. I empathize with everybody who's going to be impacted by this, but I am very mad at every demon in hell that is trying to rip off our generation. And I'm declaring over you, this is your freedom day. Come on, if you believe that, give God some praise right now. It's freedom day. I want to share with you today around the topic, decline debt. Decline debt. Debt. Come on, tap somebody next to you, tell them, decline debt. Decline debt. We all know what it's like to go to that FPOS machine, put the card in, and have that little declined come up on the screen. Come on, don't look at me like you've never had it. Your wife changed all the money to her account. That never happens to me, slash happened to me yesterday. But we are not going to get declined by an FPOS machine. We are going to say declined to the spirit of debt that is trying to enslave our generation. This is Freedom Day. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 is our main verse for the day. Say it out loud. It's going to be on your screen. Say it out loud with me, everybody. One, two, three. The borrower is the slave of the lender. Now say it again like you mean it. The borrower is the slave of the lender. Of the lender. One more time. The borrower is the slave of the lender. 
I started working full-time in Christian ministry when I was 19 years old. For four years, I was a voluntary worker, which basically means I worked nights and mornings to earn money so that I could then do my job for free. I married Gillian during the fourth year that I was a voluntary worker, just seven days after my 23rd birthday. At the end of that year, eight months after we'd been married, my pastor finally gave me a full-time job as his youth pastor, and I started on staff with a salary for the very first time. It was an amazing experience. After four years of believing God for every cent to suddenly having every fortnight money miraculously turning up in my bank account. Now that I had a salary, somebody said to me, did you know that as a pastor, you can lease a car and your lease will be FBT free? So I adjusted my salary and I leased a car. Now that I was earning a salary, it's like the bank miraculously knew they sent me a free credit card in the mail. How kind is that? They sent me a free credit card in the mail. Like they miraculously knew. So now I had a nice car and a credit card, but everything in our home was either a wedding gift or from an op shop. Anybody ever been there? And so Jillian started to get this, I'd never have this today, but she got a married person student allowance. She'd just started her four-year university degree, so she had 50 bucks a week, I think, that the government gave us for her as a married person's student allowance. So we went down to Freedom Furniture, who was so kind to give us a lounge, free, lounge suite interest-free. Wow. Isn't that nice of them? So kind. So now we had a salary, a nice car, a credit card, a lounge suite. Life was looking so good, but it was not good. Nine months into this journey, the credit card was slowly creeping south as it was no longer getting paid off every month. After four years of trusting God for everything, I was adjusting to the fact that it's one thing to pray the food in because you need it, a totally different thing to spend it and then hope that God's going to pay the credit card off. The salary that I had been earning was now coming in and going out like it was just bouncing, like it hit the account and then it was gone on lease payments and lounge suite payments and paying back credit card payments. And so I sat down and I prepared this magical thing. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called a budget. A budget. That's a word from God for at least a thousand people here in this talk. I worked out how much was coming in, which was very defined. I worked out how much was going out. And what was it going back out on? I wish I had done this so much earlier. I started to ask myself questions like, how much is that car costing me? Not just a month, but a year. How much is that lounge suite costing me? Why am I spending money on a credit card when I haven't budgeted the money to pay it back? I ran the numbers, I looked at them, and in a moment I realized the folly of the decisions that I had made. Then came the toughest thing. I've got to talk to Jillian. Sat down with my wife and began to chat and said, basically, honey, we have turned our bank account into a trampoline. This is what's happening. The money is coming in and it's just going straight back out. It's like kaboing with incredible bounce. The money is here. The money is gone. Here are the numbers. We have a significant problem that is going to require a drastic and painful solution. A significant problem 
that's going to require a drastic and painful solution. This is what we need to do. Baby, we need to sell the leased car. We've got to get rid of the credit card. And we need to never make these decisions again. These mistakes, these failures, again. So a painful journey began. I sold the leased car back to the car yard at a loss. I no longer had a car and I had debt to pay on the car that I had sold. But I can still remember walking out of that dealership in Newmarket, walking back out and the feeling of freedom, the rush of faith, it was like my spirit came alive. I had a problem that was solvable. We chopped up the credit cards, had a little ceremony in our kitchen and chopped up those credit cards. We couldn't close it straight away because there was debt still to be paid, but we at least prevented ourselves from using it again. I borrowed a car and then began to save money for a car we could afford to pay cash for. We went from lease payments and credit cards and saving for, you know, to now we were saving for a house and saving for a car and paying off the credit card payments. For the next few years, we drove a car that was so bad, I think you could call it a dunga. Anybody familiar with that word? A piece of junk. In Greek, they call junk C-R-A-P. We drove a piece of junk. There was nothing desirable about it. Nobody ever commented about it. No one ever pulled up beside you in the church car park going, whoa, nice ride. Never happened. Not once at all. But we were now moving in the right direction. Man, the truth is, friends, that we were free. We began to make slow, steady progress in the right direction. God breathed on our steps. Eventually, all our debt was gone and we began to save. And the truth is that as painful of that, as that journey was, without any shadow of a doubt, it is the best thing that has ever happened to me financially in my life. That journey of learning to decline debt literally scarred me for life. We have never borrowed money for a car again. We have never had a personal credit card again. We never have and we never will use afterpay. It was ugly. It was embarrassing. It was painful. It was slow. But declining debt and learning the lessons made us wise and it changed our lives forever. It set us up on a positive direction for our future. Allowed us to one day, many, many years ago, to own our first home. Taught us to be faithful stewards over what God had entrusted to us. It broke the bondage of debt that is trying to enslave our generation. And I want to return to our verse again today. Proverbs 22.7. The borrower is the slave of the lender. That is powerful language. That's got to be one of the most confronting verses in the Bible. The borrower is the slave. The borrower is tied to the lender, bound to the lender. I am chained to where I have been when I am in debt. My choices yesterday are creating bondage in my today when I have debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. Team, let's be abundantly clear. God does not want His people to ever be bound to where they have been. If grace teaches us anything, it is that the heart of God is to free us so that we live free in today 
and then to move forward into our tomorrow. What's the will of God? Deuteronomy 15, 6. You will lend to many nations and you will borrow from none. And in the culture in which we live, you've got a thousand voices rationalizing debt. We have got a crazy culture in this arena called debt. But debt shouldn't be trivialized. Debt shouldn't be willingly accepted. Having debt means you're trying to move into tomorrow while you're still paying for yesterday. It means you're trying to move into tomorrow while still paying for yesterday. Debt means yesterday's choices are deciding today's options. Debt derails financial progress. And we learned yesterday that progress, last week, sorry, that progress is slow. There is a growing bondage in our world today. As a church, we encounter it all the time. We are counseling and helping people, supporting people with a growing bondage in our world today. The destructive bondage of debt. We got all kinds of debt. We got vehicle debt, personal debt, credit card debt, high purchase debt, afterpay debt, student debt. And you know what they all have in common? They're all debt. John, John, isn't there good debt and bad debt? Isn't that, isn't that the truth? Isn't there good debt and bad debt? Well, the Bible doesn't say that the good borrower is not slave to the lender. It says the borrower is slave to the lender. And I don't know about you, I don't think any slavery is good slavery. I would be willing to concede that there is avoidable and unavoidable debt. And we, when we think about it like that, we can think about it in a good term. But when we think about unavoidable debt, there are really only three. The debt you incur to purchase your home. Any unavoidable debt, you need to get the education you need to get a job. The key word being unavoidable debt. Not just I want a new wardrobe kind of debt. The debt you need to start a company. But even this, don't ever borrow money to start a company without wise counsel and tight accountability. And beyond those three forms of debt, I want to strongly encourage everybody hearing this message today to rethink every form of debt. To do all you can to avoid debt at all costs. Pun on words. At all costs. But up on chain. Avoid vehicle debt, student living cost debt, credit card debt, engagement ring debt, wedding debt, holiday debt, afterpay debt. Do all you can to never be in debt. Drive, yeah, come on, give God some praise. Drive a piece of junk car and drive that car with swagger. Yes, this car is seven different colors but I have no debt on this car. And that gives me some attitude. Work hard while you're at university to avoid incurring maximum debt. Don't have a credit card. Holiday at home if you have to. Don't pay, don't buy anything you can't pay cash for. Avoid debt. The borrower is slave to the lender. Yesterday is limiting today and preventing tomorrow when you are in debt. We are being bombarded with messages all day, every day, offering us debt everywhere we go. Have you noticed that? 
I mean, it is crazy. I drove to the Arise Center today. And in driving the simple stretch, I think from memory, it is 3.6 kilometers from the Naronga Gorge to Petoni. And in 3.6 kilometers, there are three billboards. I want to show you photos of two of them. Throw the first one up on the screen right now. Here it is. First photo. First photo. In the name of Jesus. The first photo. I told first. <laughs> there we go. First photo. I was joking then, by the way. Stop paying money to use money. Afterpay. Okay, put the camera back on me. Stop paying money to use money. You're using your money, making them money when you use afterpay. Okay? This is not smart economic advice. This is exploitation. Stop using money to stop using money to spend money. It's just stupid. Okay, here's our second one. Please, for the love of all things, there we go, big bird. The bigger buy now, pay later. From $1 to $10,000. Isn't that sweet? You can have $10,000 worth of debt. Easy. Just fly pig. Go pig. You go into a retail store today, and what are they saying? You can put that on afterpay. You can afterpay a t-shirt. Listen, people my age remember when you could hire purchase a fridge. Now you can hire purchase a pair of socks. Isn't that kind? Isn't that kind of them? Shops are advertising afterpay parties. Come on, anybody getting these emails? Afterpay party. Come on, yeah. Let's all, let's all afterpay and call it a party. It's like, let's all throw our money into a fire and celebrate it. Let it make, let a, let a, let a song go out saying, Arise Church Boycotts Afterpay. Afterpay. You turn TV, you turn on your TV. Anybody still watch television? If you turn on your TV, so many ads are marketing debt. I mean, during lockdown, you know, we were, we were like trying to look for things to do as a family. And so we decided to introduce our children to the greatest television show ever made, The West Wing. And it's, it's on TVNZ On Demand. For those of you who are old enough to remember it, The West Wing. I love The West Wing. You'll never understand me unless you've watched it. And so I love it. And so we were like, kids, we're going to watch The West Wing. So we put on The West Wing. And then there's just these ads. And every single one was about finance. This one comes up. There's this sweet neighborhood looking lady. She just kind of looks straight to camera. I have debt. I have a mortgage. And other times, she uses her eyebrows. Other times, <laughs> I want to pay for things, you know? So I borrow. It makes my life better. It helps my family, you know? I got so mad, I nearly threw the remote through the television. <laughs> These loan companies are not trying to make your life better. When you're at university, oh, it's so stressful to be at university. I mean, it is. You have to work 30 years of the year, 30 weeks of the year. You're under so much strain. Just borrow your costs, borrow your fees, borrow for your books, borrow for your living costs. Listen, students, it's not your money. It's debt, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Need a car? Take out a loan. And a cheap finance rate is 10%. Yeah. 
And whether it's new or second hand, that car is going to devalue by 15% when you drive it off the lot. It'll be worth 50% of what you paid for it in a maximum of three years. So why would you pay 10% to devalue by 50%? You need money, get a credit card. You'll get free air points. <laughs> Struggling to make your next payday, we'll advance it for you. Take out a personal loan to go on holiday, to buy a guitar. Debt, 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 debt. We are being sold debt team all the time. I'm not angry for people that have fallen into debt. I'm angry at the fact that we're allowing it in our culture. It's destroying destinies, ripping off families, causing conflict in relationships, dwarfing dreams, robbing futures. Decline debt. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 12 says, Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. I think that's an apt verse for this message. Will save you from evil people. I'm not saying that someone who works at a finance company is inherently evil. I'm just saying the marketing is. And the words are twisted. Let's get it abundantly clear. We are normalizing debt everywhere we turn in our culture and it is evil and twisted. The culture of debt that is in our society has created unrealistic expectations that people then feel pressure to live up to. I mean, if everybody else is borrowing money to get a car, then you feel like you've got to have a car to keep up. If other people are incurring debt to have their dream wedding, then people don't want to have something that doesn't look like it's lavish when it should be just a celebration of love. If people in your uni lecture are all decked out with the latest labels, then maybe you should borrow on your living costs so that you can get accepted too. Their holiday looks amazing on Instagram. I better have my photo ready holiday as well. And if we aren't deliberate, resolute, and determined, we end up swimming with the same tide. We fall into the same trap. We borrow money to purchase things or to do things that we actually can't afford to do to keep the pretense that we feel under pressure to present to the world that is around us. And when the event is over and the purchase is made, we now live with that draining, debilitating debt, limiting our today and holding back the potential of our tomorrows. That's why the Bible says in the book of Matthew, that wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. Guys, I don't want to be overly dramatic. My team are telling me that I am, but I'm a preacher. So I'm going I'm to go with melodrama on this occasion. There's a lot of people falling into debt. We have a toxic culture of debt. It's not just in Aotearoa, but it's absolutely in our nation. Small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. We've got to fight against this culture of debt. We've got to say that it cannot come near us. All the students that are hearing this today, banks offer you credit cards and overdrafts when you become a university student. Oh, John, the interest is free on the overdraft. It's, it's, it's interest free while you are studying. 
If you're earning this year $6,000, you don't need a $1,000 credit card and a $2,000 student overdraft. That's half of what you're going to earn this year. And then if you're planning to tithe on that, you, on your gross, then you, you haven't got much left over. Your debt is dangerous. It enslaves you to the present. Car dealers encourage finance on cars, and they're not going to be worth half of what they're purchased for in such a short period of time. It's everywhere. One of the things we've got to remember most about debt, you've got to take one thing down, take this down. You are psychologically wired to pay more for something purchased on debt. If you pay credit of any kind for anything, you are psychologically proven to be more likely to pay more for it if you purchase on debt. Surveys studied in McDonald's in America have found that people using a credit card in McDonald's spend on average 47% more than those who don't use a credit card. Afterpay. When you hear afterpay, can we rebrand afterpay easy debt? Like, you know how you just translate some things from one language to another? When you hear afterpay, hear easy debt, afterpay, easy debt, afterpay, easy debt. What it is, is an easy way to purchase something that you can't afford. It's easier to psychologically say, I'll make four small payments than one big one. By the way, that's just how they get you. If you don't make the four payments, they don't recall the t-shirt. They start charging you credit card rates of interest. They aren't charity. They're creating another way for you to part with your money so that we can not only purchase things we don't need, but things we also can't afford. Man, I'm being specific in this series, this message, because I just feel like this is power. You will spend 30% more on average for a car that you purchase on finance than one you buy with cash. The reason why? Because it's not real and it's not immediate. The average lease payment or finance payment, I should say, on a car is $391 a month. $391 a month across your working life is $1.1 million. Don't ask yourself whether you'd like a slightly nicer car. Ask yourself whether you'd like a million bucks when you retire. That doesn't have compound interest in it, by the way. You will pay less for something that you purchase with cash. 10 to 30% less proven when you purchase with cash because money is more real, because it takes longer to spend it, because you consider the cost. Debt is trying to live forward while you're paying for what is backward. That's why we need grace, because the debt is real of our sin, and Jesus frees us from the debt of our sin so that we can have a future. But here's the thing. The only debt Jesus pays for is the debt of our sin. He doesn't pay for the debt of our holiday. He doesn't pay for the debt of our swagger wardrobe. He doesn't pay for the debt that we've incurred for silly things. It's hard to move forward when you have debt in your present that is preventing where you want to go. The borrower is slave to the lender. Buy everything you can with cash. Everything. Save before you spend. Wait long enough after the money hits your bank account that it becomes yours before you willingly make it somebody else's money. I, I want to prove this. I need, two, I need two volunteers. I have 500 bucks cash. I need two volunteers. Okay. Wow, that was the easiest volunteers I've ever called for. 
I need you to stand beside each other. So, Dee, do you want to go around the other side? Stand further away from me so I'm, I look taller. Uh, not, not that, come close, come close. We've got to get you on the same camera angle. There's this, try and get us, yeah, make us look good, Oscar. Okay, here we go. Aiden, yes. if I was to give you this $500, here it is, would you pre be prepared to give 200 of that to Dee? Yes. Why? So I'll get 200. Well, because it's also not your money. It's my money. So if the deal is that I give it to you and you give 200 to him, then that's easy. Because the money's not yours, but the money's in your hands. Now, if I said to you, Aiden, here's this money, put it in the bank for a year. I go away, I'm gonna go out of the shop. I come back, hi. <laughs> and then after one year, I say, hey Dee, give 200 bucks of your money, sorry, Aiden, give 200 bucks of your money to Dee. Would you find that easy? No. no. Because now it's not my money anymore. It's your money. The thing is that what we do is before we've even earned it, we start spending it. Right. We're giving it out, after pay, car payment, yeah. I'd like a better lounge suite. Yeah. And then before it's even yours, you're already giving it to somebody else. Yeah. Hang on to the money long enough until the money becomes your money, until it's real to you, until it is emotionally yours. Because the borrower is slave to the lender. Thank you very much, guys. Give them a big clap. Didn't they do well? Listen, team. Money takes years to save and seconds to spend. That's still my money, D-Gap. Forget about D. Everybody look at me. Money takes. Every eye stayed on the money. Yet you've got a marketing company that is trying to get your eyes put on something else. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, every, every website you go on where you're looking at your next purchase, Afterbay in the little corner, everybody's trying to get you to take your eyes off your money. Money takes years to save and seconds to spend. Buy your clothes with cash, no credit card, no Afterpay. Buy your car with cash, even if you have to drive a piece of Junk. <laughs> Pay for your wedding with cash. Your wedding should be a celebration of love, not something that incurs you debt. Wow. In 10 years' time, you'd be better off with a house deposit than a lavish wedding. Pay for your holidays with cash. Don't keep up with the Joneses. Tear up your credit cards. You've heard of cancel culture, right? We need a cancel culture at Arise Church that says we are canceling credit cards. They're gone from our lives. We're not going to have them anymore. You'll spend 10 to 30% more if you use a credit card on a regular basis. 10 to 30% more. Jillian and I do not have credit cards. We have debit cards. We have two. I have two and Jillian has three. Jillian has the third for regular automatic payments that manage our family sort of stuff, you know. But the truth is, we have chosen, we will not have credit cards for two reasons. Number one, I hate debt. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And number two, I want to tell our church regularly that we don't have a personal credit card. 
Everybody would do themselves a favor to say, we are not going to embrace this culture of credit cards. It's not a sign of prosperity. It's a surefire way to poverty. Contentment, settling with what you have is the most powerful financial tool you have in your arsenal. Be content with what you have. Decades of marketing have led us to think that we will be better, our lives will be better if we can purchase X. And debt becomes the impact of us believing that lie. You will be happier if you have no debt. You will have more options if you have no debt. You will need to earn less money if you have no debt. You can do more for others if you have no debt. You can do more for God if you have no debt. It's time to decline debt. It's time to break this bondage that is seeking to enslave our generation. If you believe it, every campus, every local, online in your bedroom, give God some praise right now. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. So what do I do if I have debt? Romans 13 verse 8. Here's God's word. Let no debt remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding. Don't let debt hang around. Don't let it hang around. Fight against debt. Confront your debt. Decide you don't want to be in debt. Get emotional about debt. Purpose in your heart. I don't want to be in debt. Get fired up about it. Get extreme about it. Proverbs chapter 6, in the first verses, like 1 to 5, talks about what somebody should do if they have made themselves surety for somebody else's debt. And literally, the writer of Proverbs says, you shouldn't sleep if you've made yourself surety. You shouldn't rest if you've allowed yourself to become indebted on the behalf of somebody else. You should, you should not let slumber near you at all. You should run like a gazelle. You should go all night. A gazelle sounds really fast. In other words, you should be hyper-motivated, crazy fired up, emotionally engaged. You need to get passionate about getting out of debt. We need a culture. I want to fire you up to be a person that is saying, I'm going to deal with this debt. I'm going to break its bondage off of my life for me, for my spouse, for my future children, current children, grandchildren, for my dreams, for the impact I can make in the world for God. For the difference that I could make in the kingdom of God, I'm going to deal with debt. So how do you deal with debt? Let me give you five things we can do. Okay, you ready for these? The first thing you need to do if you want to deal with debt is make sure that you are in a life group. Every life group from teenagers up in a rise church all term is going to be talking about our finances. And if you are in debt, make sure you are in a life group. Let me speak to those whose debt right now is keeping you awake at night. If you have debt in your life that is like keeping you awake, then you need to go to one of our Grow Financial Life Groups. These are specific life groups that deal with specific needs in the lives of people, and we have Grow Financial Life Groups run by people with a higher level of training, and we can help you with the problem that you have with debt. But get in a life group. Number two, get rid of your ability to go into more debt. Cut up your credit cards. Young people, never have a credit card. Cancel all agreements you have with finance companies. 
I remember once in the early day, you know, like we, we, we had that high purchase lounge suite. And then it was amazing because it was like each year that went on, I wasn't using the agreement. I'd canceled the higher, paid off and never had another one. But they kept sending me out pre-approval letters. Did anybody ever had those? <laughs> Congratulations, we've increased your limit to $3,000, $4,000, $6,000, I think it got up to like nine grand before they finally gave up on me. Cancel all agreements that you have with finance companies. Number three, cut all possible expenses until you pay for your debt. Get radical. Run. Don't sleep. Don't slumber. Get extreme. Get passionate. Cancel all subscriptions. Netflix, Neon, Disney, Pay to use apps on your iPhone. Very hard to do, but if you go onto an actual computer, you can get into the iTunes section and then find out your subscriptions. Make sure that if you want to keep them, you add them to your budget so you can see how much they are a week, a month, and a year for you to have the opportunity to use an app you never use. Do free bodyweight workouts at home if you have to. Cancel the gym. Go, don't go out for meals. Live in the clothes you already own. Take the bus or ride a bicycle to work. Get passionate, get fired up, get zealous, and get fight against all debt. Go for it. Get fired up and say, this debt is not gonna hang around in my life forever. Okay, all right, so get rid of the ability, cut all possible expenses so that you trim your budget down to the brutal minimum. Number four, pay off your smallest debt first, regardless of the amount. Dave Ramsey calls this the debt snowball strategy. I'm borrowing it straight from him, but he is way better at this than I am. Pay the minimum possible repayment on every debt that you have, regardless of the interest amount, other than the smallest debt you have. And then pay off your smallest debt first. Once you've paid off that, pay off the next one. Again, regardless of the interest on the debt. And then so on and so on until you've paid off all your debt. Why would you do that when the interest is higher? Accountants are literally freaking out. The reason why is that when you run a marathon, once you get within a kilometer of the finish line, your energy lifts. Once you see the end in sight, you're more motivated to keep going. People proven pay off their debt faster when they start with the smallest, get a win, get the next win, get the next win, and get the next win. Go from win to win. By the way, if you have an interest-free student loan, put that in a different discrete category. Don't rush off to pay debt that you aren't paying interest on, but be careful how much debt you incur because it's gonna be with you for a long time. Again, students, I hope you remember that the debt you have will be with you until you're at least 30 years old. That's a long time when you are 18. We need to be careful to make sure that we are fighting against all debt. Pay off the smallest one first and keep moving forward in your journey of dealing with your debt. And our last point, point number five, is sell everything to pay off the debt. Debt is real, it's dangerous, it's cancerous. It's hurting us. So if we've got all this stuff in our lives that we got by getting into debt, 
Why don't you think about selling it to get yourself back out of debt? Trade me. Facebook marketplace. Sell everything. Get rid of your debt. Fast track your future. I sold a car and ended up with a debt on it. The reason why was because it was going to be cheaper in three years' time to have the debt of a car I no longer owned than to have the debt of the car that I kept. So sell the stuff to get out of debt. Do everything you can to get out of debt. Sell stuff. Sell it. You don't need it. If you haven't worn it, sell it. If you haven't sat on it, sell it. If you haven't used it, sell it. Get it out of your life. Get free from debt. We're going to break the bondage of debt. I got a big announcement for you today. Are you ready? There is life beyond debt. God's got a plan for your life, my friend. Life in all its fullness. God wants you to make a difference. God wants you sleeping at peace. God wants you leaving a legacy for the generation that comes after you. God wants you prosperous. God wants you living generously. God wants you making a difference in the lives of others. So we are going to unite together and say, debt, you are declined in my life. You are declined in this church. We're going to break the spirit of debt that is enslaving too many. I need you to give God a big shout of praise all across this country for breaking the spirit of debt. Stand to your feet together with me. Stand to your feet together with me. It's a verse of scripture coming into my head right now. And it's a verse of scripture from Nehemiah. Because in Nehemiah, the Bible tells us that as they began to restore Israel and Jerusalem, they began to sort out the rubble of a city that had been dilapidated and broke down. And as they did this, they began to unearth things. And one of the things that they unearthed was the scriptures. The first five books of the Bible, that was their Bible at the time. And they found, <coughs> they found, <coughs> they found the law. And when they found the law, excuse me, when they found the law, the Bible says that they read it out. And as they read it out, there were two reactions. There were some people in the crowd that were so fired up to hear what was being read from the law that they were just like shouting with praises. And then the Bible says there was this other group of people that were just weeping in brokenness. And the reason why was because there were some that were like, we know what to do. And there were some that like, I wish we had done what we should have done. And I know that there will be two groups of people out there today. Those that are like, great, heard this. There'll be some people even who are like, already applied it. Don't be one of those Christians, by the way, who's like, I'm not getting anything out of that message because I, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Feed yourself when you get home. Read a, three chapters. But there are gonna be a lot of people who are like, I needed, to, I needed to know that. I needed to know that 10 years ago. I needed to know that three years ago. I needed to know that yesterday. Your journey of blessing financially is about taking steps. And 
each step that you take, God pours out His favour. Don't live your life in mourning for what you haven't done. Live with right steps today. Remember what we talked about last week? The moment you join the team of the guy with two talents and the guy with five, God starts taking and adding to you. And the moment you start taking the right steps with your debt, God is going to get involved. And I promise you, He loves you and He is going to bless you and He is going to restore you and He is going to prosper you. Get ready. The moment you get your finances in order, God's going to begin to pour out favor upon your life. I'm not saying the journey won't be painful, but I'm saying the Lord your God is the canceller of our debt, the restorer of broken down dwellings, the one who heals, the one who saves, the one who redeems, the one who rescues what is lost. And that God is in your corner and on your side. Church, if you believe that, can you give God a great shout of praise in this place right now? Come on, every location, give your God some praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to pray for you, church. Every person here, close your eyes right now, every location. We're going to pray right now. Come on, because we don't want anyone to feel like they're the only one. Why don't we all lift up our holy hands right now? God, I just pray right now for every person hearing this message from Whangarei to Dunedin and everywhere in between. And in the name of Jesus, wherever they are on planet Earth online, I pray right now that you would help us to deal with debt, to break the bondage, to live our lives free. We declare this is Freedom Day. We're taking a step towards You in the mighty Name of Jesus. I thank You that our soul can escape like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. And all who have been ensnared, I declare freedom and liberty, jubilee in the Name of Jesus Christ. In the Name of Jesus Christ. And if you believe it, Arise Church, can we have a hearty Amen out there today? Give God some praise. We'll see you soon, every campus. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.